Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have hit episode number 50. It is a milestone here and probably not a better way to celebrate the 50th episode with a crazy awesome nfc east win we're gonna get into a lot of things we're probably gonna extend the podcast because there is so much stuff to talk about but i just want to remind you we are fueled by duncan philly it is a duncan philly victory victory party and of course one of the best ways to celebrate an eagles victory is with free duncan donuts coffee that's right duncan donuts in the greater philadelphia area runs the eagles win you win program fans can score a medium or a medium hot or iced coffee day uh, after each Eagles win with a special offer from the Dunkin' Donuts mobile app. You download the app, you give them a follow at Dunkin' Philly on uh, Twitter or Facebook for more information because Eagles fans run on Dunkin'. And speaking of running, my heart is still going. I'm shaking. I'm drinking as much Jack Daniels as I can to calm down. Uh, A lot to get into here, guys, but let's introduce everybody around the horn. A man that's been drinking just as much as I have all day, uh, Mr. Mike K. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. And uh, to my right, joining us for the third consecutive show in a row, I'm telling you, the hardest working man here at PGN Radio, the professor himself, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's happening, pal? 3-0, baby. <laughs> and of course, the one, the only from our Eagles professional uh, internet commenter, Mr. Matt Daring. What's happening, bid? Hanging in there, John. I think I just called you babe or bid or something else, but uh, I meant bud. Uh, getting into it, guys, I mean... Uh, if anybody looks like a complete a-hole, it's this guy with two thumbs speaking behind the mic right now. Nick Foles, my man. Holy cow. That's the guy we wanted to see, fellas. That's the guy that we've been waiting for to kind of carry the load. And, man, did he have to with all the O-line injuries. The the running game wasn't getting, you know, uh, uh, going at all. Uh, Macklin and J-Matt having, having fantastic games, a couple of big plays from Ertz and all the guys there. What did you see out of Nick Foles today, Mr. Mike K? Well, I thought quickie Nicky. I thought he made really, really quickie good decisions. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if that relies on his sexual performance or whatever. I don't want to allege anything. But uh, again, I've been drinking. Um, so I thought he made really good decisions. I, I didn't see really anything where I was like, I hope you run when you don't run and and so forth. I thought he had, he had I believe he had four runs for over 20 yards. He had 325 passing yards and three touchdowns. He was 27 to 41, I believe. Uh, going off the top of my head because I like to remember things that Nick does well instead of the poor things that he does. He had three or four missed passes that you you kind of shrugged at, but I felt like for the most part with a ragtag offensive line, remember Todd Harriman's was the only starting, and I'm mm. quoting, I'm doing the quotation marks with my fingers, starting <laughs> caliber lineman that was uh, in the game in the second, really towards the mid-third quarter, late fourth quarter. Um, and Nick was able to lead a game-winning drive. It's the third uh, real, you know, hey, we've come back for more than 10 points game. They're the first team in, in French, in, well, in history. NFL history, yeah. history to come back uh, from 10 down in three straight games. Uh, you know, that would, that would concern a lot of people, but the way the team played, they played really, really tough today. And uh, I think my hat's off to Nick Foles. My hat's off to Jeremy Macklin, Jordan Matthews. I mean, Jer- uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I thought the entire team really struggled at times. I mean, even Foles, but I think they were all able to recoup. It feel, I feel like a broken record, but I was really impressed by the team. Patrick, this is the thing, too, that we have talked about for basically the last two weeks. We're, they're, they're not supposed to win games like this. We're not used to tight games coming down to the wire, no matter how sloppy they are, no matter how great they are. They, they somehow come out and did it. What is the X factor for you there? You know, I it's really hard to put your finger on it. I think for this game in particular, I mean, this is an NFC East game, number one. But then obviously, you know, Deshaun wanted this game. And I oh, think yeah. Deshaun wanting this game made the Eagles want this game even more. I mean, mm-hmm. you're looking at a guy who scored a touchdown on a huge play for the Redskins, had a big celebration. I mean, if you're on the Eagles sideline and you see that, you know, if if the rumors from the offseason are to be believed, guys on the sideline for the Eagles already don't like this guy. I mean, how does that not get you fired up? And we saw it later in the game with the big fight and the, and the ejections and all that stuff. But I think this is just one of those games that, this is kind of a classic NFC East game, and uh, you know the Eagles give them a lot of credit because this game could have very easily gone the other way, but they fought as a team, uh, as, as, we, as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a team. This is a group of guys who really believe in what they're doing, believe in their coaching staff, and they're getting it done. It's, it's that easy, I think. Hey, Matt, what was what was kind of the most impressive thing for you that stood out uh, from today? Yeah, I like the cohesiveness as well. I think that, um, you know, they sort of came out, and from the beginning, we saw that it was super chippy. You know, the Redskins came down, and they had a ton of time on offense. There was tons of talking going back and forth. Uh, There was that bad call on Malcolm Jenkins that should have been on Deshaun, all that stuff. I think that really sort of um, set the tone. But, I, you know, I want to say that, say that i mean this is a this was a rough game this was a uh, tough game and uh you really got to hand it to them because they played well down the stretch they could have easily fallen apart and we could have written it off we could have justified it to ourselves as saying man they got obliterated they were getting obliterated up front we were down to one starter on the offensive line remaining but they uh they they kept it together and they managed to play pretty well and and ultimately win the game yeah and i had actually hats off to the the redskins offense and i don't know if it's more of how impressive they were, where the defense just not really kind of put it together. I completely underestimated 
kind of what Kirk Cousins could could do with that. I expected not not as uh, efficient uh, game from him, and you know he had proved me wrong there. Um, uh, fortunately for us, the you know the Redskins' D secondary wasn't great, and you know not and not that you root for player injuries, but D'Angelo Hall going down was kind of made it, uh, things a little easier there. Um, Patrick on our side, though, I mean, secondary, you know, Bradley Fletcher didn't have a great game. Kerry Williams didn't have a great game. What's going on there? And they are really taking the bend, don't break philosophy to its absolute <laughs> limit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, Bradley Fletcher, just for whatever reason, it seems like the Eagles are trying to play a lot of zone, excuse me, a lot of zone. And it's just not really working. They're giving, I mean, all game long, you saw Bradley Fletcher playing five or six years with the receiver. And it, it looked like all week that, that in the Redskins film room, they were saying, see number 24, go after number 24. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, give him credit. He, he took advantage. He picked on Bradley Fletcher. And for the most part, it worked the entire game. Um, so, you know, it, it wasn't the best game from the secondary. Um, you know, you hope they get it together a little bit more, but I mean, I think the reality is in this team that there are, the secondary is not is not the most talented part of this team. You know, better hope nobody else gets hurt. Well, exactly, and I think the uh, we were talking off air just a little bit, and the you know the impact of Earl Wolf not being able to come out there today, I think showed a little bit. Nate Allen could probably could have made a, uh, some plays, uh, especially that long uh, bomb to Deshaun, which was probably more on Carry than anybody else. And speaking of Carry Williams. I mean, I don't know. I, this guy I just—he doesn't—he doesn't get it, and, I, and I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how long his tenure is going to last here in Philadelphia. But this is uh, from Ryan Messick over at uh, 97.5 The Fanatic, who I guess caught up with him. Uh, quote: Williams, uh, something has to change in order for us to be more productive. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's hard to go out there and fight 60 minutes when you're fighting throughout the week to try and make it through one practice. When you more pretty, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, hold on. Let me, let, let me finish a quote first. Let me finish a quote because it just gets better, Mike. I, pr- I promise you. Uh, All right, go for it. When you don't have the legs, period, it shows up in the game, period, throughout the game, period. Yeah, I, I think it's negatively impacted a lot of people, and I'm not the only person. I'm just one that's mad enough to stand up here and talk to y'all like a man and address the issue that's obviously, in my opinion, an issue. But again, I'm just employee. 26 ring the bell ring the bell ring the bell ring the bell bell. listen okay you know what being a man is is not throwing your teammate under the bus when he had a better game than you yeah i heard you carrie williams when you threw nate allen under the bus also hey let's go back let's rewind please give me a really good good sound effect there john i'm just gonna stick with that i think yeah that sounds great it sounds perfect carrie williams carrie williams is the only guy i know that has like one of the top five least productive games and then craps on his team when they go when they're three and oh i've never seen anything like that you want production how about three wins zero losses carrie williams i'm glad you can count but you're the only person i've ever seen in a lobby before a game be upset so just shut up i'm, I'm sick of it i'm over it i'm over it if you last till the end of the season i will be astonished and it's only because bradley fletcher is inept that's really the only reason why you're on this team shut up well, and that's actually kind of an interesting point, too, because a lot of you guys out there were checking in with Mike. Um, you, you know, he, uh, Terry Livingston, I know they love Boykin at the slot, but why not just give him the, the, the spot across from Kerry or vice versa here at this point? 
Why not give him carry spot? I mean, hey, whatever. But uh, I will say this. If Boykin was in the game for that Daryl Young touchdown, that was a pick six. I don't know what Fletcher saw or why he hesitated, but there was a clear line to the end zone. You could easily pick that off. It was almost in slow motion. Uh, well, I, mean, he, he, I mean, he had an interception hit his hands against the Colts, so I don't know what you were right, saying. Right, yeah. but that, that's one where you jump a route. Like, that was an easy route to jump, in my opinion. You know, I'm no NFL football player, but I've seen enough guys do it, and Boykin, Boykin would have been able to do that. Um, you know, their cornerback room is small. I mean, I'm sure they were trying to hold off Watkins because just in case there was a safety injury. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Nolan Carroll, who I talked to Brandon for a couple of minutes, and Brandon's under the assumption he was injured because he was injured in the last game. Um, you know, so I, I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be shocked if you have a new starter next week. Uh, also, uh, Daniel Siculo checking in. He goes, hmm, okay, 2012 and 2013 drafts have been great. 2014, uh, not so much. Sign of a bad uh, bad draft. What do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd like to see more production out of Marcus Smith, but he got in the game for the first time uh, in his career today. Um, you know, he he looked good in, in a little bit of the action that you saw. He had one of the more uh, vis- visible pressures on Kirk Cousins that you've seen, and then don't forget Jordan or uh, don't forget J Matt. I mean, yeah, he had two touchdowns in this game. He had a huge day, and you know, with with Riley Cooper struggling, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter. People saying, "Well, hmm, why not Jordan Matthews on the outside?" So you know, you've got Jordan Matthews who's, who's really starting to come into his own in the last couple of games. You've got Josh Huff who had a touchdown, uh, a kick return for a touchdown in the preseason. He's probably back within the next couple of weeks. He's just going to give you another weapon on offense. Um, and then a lot of the other guys that you drafted are sort of long-term plays. The guys like, um, you know, Jalen Watkins and them who, who you're hoping are going to step up for you later in the season. Um, so, yeah, everyone is frustrated about Marcus Smith. And, you know, rightfully so. He was your first-round pick and he hasn't really done much. But, uh, I mean, give it time and, you know. And three games. Jordan Matthews, Yeah. <laughs> Three games in a, in a couple injuries. I think we can slow the uh, slow the roll in the 2014 draft class. Uh, Wanted to get into. Uh, I want to hit Macklin hard, but um, we'll get we'll get into that in just a second. George Jennings also checks in. Uh, Matt, I'll leave this up to you. How much of a worry is it that they are getting zero pressure on the QB sacks? Uh, and it's very non consistent. He says. What, uh, how do you solve that? Uh, how do I solve it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> But I, I think you know I think it is somewhat of a concern. But we see them, um, we see them sort of moving the guys off their spots. That seems to be what they're focused on. So so it seems like the fans are more worried about than the coaches are. But it's not like we don't have the talent. It just seems uh, it seems like it's just not happening for us. Uh, and I think losing Kendricks is a big part of that. We saw yeah. we saw Acho blitzing a few times, and that's just not happening. Uh, Casey Matthews is definitely not happening. Uh, we saw Marcus Smith though uh, come up, and and I thought he actually uh, he actually showed up. He had a nice pressure up the middle and made Cousins sort of drift to his left. I think he did complete the pass, but hey, you know, it's it's all a numbers game. And yeah, I mean, it's definitely concern. Um, it, it might have to be addressed. I know some people were like, "Hey, would you take a fifth rounder for Brandon Graham uh, to Oakland or whatever?" But that's ridiculous because that just that totally disrupts your pass. Like we need Brandon Graham here, guys. Let me let me just point that out we need him here the other guy that we need here jeremy freaking macklin all right can can i i, I am i uh <laughs> that's how crazy that kind of makes me feel because i for all the stuff that he does wrong and i understand like he's not perfect yeah he calls for a flag on you know pass interference almost every time yeah, he probably doesn't have the greatest instincts as a runner. Yeah, maybe he should fight for a couple more balls, but man, oh man, 
stellar performance from him today. I can't say that enough. Um, just everything that I thought that he could kind of click with this offense is starting to work with that and, uh, you know, getting the chemistry with Nick Foles. He's got uh, plenty of separation. I was sad to see that screen, uh, you know, touchdown pass kind of get called back by a so-so call on, you know, Kelsey. And um, Speaking of that, I mean, we really haven't touched into that too much, Mike. The offensive line struggles. Uh, how worried are you kind of going into San Francisco now that you just have this very makeshift line that's going to happen then we're still one game out from uh, Johnson being in here I mean it would concern me more if I didn't think that Matt Tobin will be healthy by next week I mean he practiced pretty much the whole week and hopefully he'll be in at left guard if they have to move what I liked is they actually moved Todd Harriman's out to right tackle for once which was kind of yes, nice thank you uh, about time um yeah. yeah so I think what you're I think what you're looking at god forbid is you have uh Jason Peters uh I mean, you have Wade Smith, who's been in the lineup enough that he can take on left guard. And then you have uh, Mulk and either Tobin or, or Kelly at right guard. And then you move Todd Harriman's out. There's no reason why Andrew Gardner uh, should be at right tackle. I, I, he was the only person to me that, like, actually stood out to be terrible. Yeah. And um, it's been two games of, well, you would say, well, he started two games, but he didn't give up two sacks. But he gave up a shit ton of pressure. And uh, I'm just... You have to get Tobin out there. Tobin was, you know, I don't know what word uh, Matt would use for this, but he was sensational, honestly, in the preseason. So I, I don't know. I'd take him at right tackle or right guard over Gardner in a, in a heartbeat. So I think that's a, pl- a positive. Then again, if you're looking at, you know, because we have to remember Peters was not injured. He was just thrown out of the game. Right. So And it doesn't look like he's going to be suspended according to pro football talk. He's just going to get fined, which I honestly don't think he should be fined. But, you know, whatever. Um, you know, uh, so I, I would say that that's not as much of a concern. My main concern is that, you know, Brad, Brad King, who's a friend of ours on Twitter, uh, brought up the point that, you know, the zone read really hasn't been working the last couple of games and they really didn't have it this game. And that's kind of what our whole offense stamp stems from. And so that's a concern to me. And that was happening even with Peters and Kelsey in the lineup. So I'm not sure how we feel about this as a group, but for me, I'm scared I mean, not oh, really yeah. scared of the 49ers, it's just in general. Yeah, because, the, I mean, that's that's the bread and butter. You know, that's what makes everything kind of go, and I think Brad pointed that out as well. It's just, um, I don't I, I don't know what it is. Because for me, I, the pass blocking hasn't been that bad. I think it's been uh, pretty decent for the most part, considering the makeshift line that you have. The run blocking, which should be an offensive lineman's like favorite thing to do, is not happening. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah, you know, they were they're, terrible they're, today. They're losing, they're losing all, all the battles, and and it's just you know, and even early in the Jags Jaguars game before Mathis went down, the four man front was kind of putting the screws to him a little bit. So it's kind of like, well, I'm not really sure uh, what to do here. Patrick, do you have yeah, any thoughts on that? Well, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> go to uh, I, have, I have, I yeah, have, Matt, Matt, say, Matt, go ahead. Uh, okay, so I think that um, what we're going to see is we're going to start seeing them. You know, so so the zone read is basically an option. Uh, you know, and so there's usually what we've seen is that they have something built in where it's like you either hand it off or you keep it and you roll out. Maybe Foles will run for it. I think we're going we're gonna to start seeing like things, you know, where where it goes. Okay, we either hand it off and try again, or we're going to mix in, you know, different screen passes, or maybe even uh, something else entirely. I think we're going to see Chip Kelly's got tons and tons of things at his disposal here, where you can basically run or do anything else. 
Uh, Patrick, this is what I'll, I'll ask you, and along with what kind of what Matt was saying, you know, the the, the thing that's kind of been up and odd are the turnovers, um, and it's it doesn't seem like they're kind of like freak accidents or anything like that. It, you know, Darren Sproles, that ball got punched out. Um, the interceptions were interceptions. The the fumbles are all caused. Is that is that concerning you at all? Like the turnover differential, it's going to have to eventually come and bite uh, the Eagles back in the ass here. Yeah, I think this is sort of to be expected. I mean, what do we say all offseason that, you know, don't expect the Eagles to to have this, to have the kind of lack of turnovers that we saw last year. Nick's doing an okay job holding onto the ball this season, uh, minus the first game of the year. Uh, Sproles won, you know, I, I'm fine with writing that one off. The thing that concerns me more than the Eagles turning the ball over is the defense's sort of shaky play. You know, they're coming up with some timely turnovers, but, you know, that's one of those things, like a lot of things with this team right now, is I don't know how much you can count on that happening for the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, big ups to uh, Malcolm Jenkins, by the way, for being Johnny on the spot for oh, the second yeah. week in a row. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's well, not the kind of thing. I'm not counting on Malcolm Jenkins being a physical freak out there and diving for, for interceptions every game. Yeah, I mean, like, how does... Uh... I don't know how to that I kind of think relates back to getting pressure and all that stuff. And I know they said, yeah, though, we'd rather have him throw the spot. I would personally like to have the quarterback flat on his face. I don't know how you guys, because there are just a couple of those times again, you know. Um, and the other thing that's really concerning to me is just the, the, the run defense that was pretty spectacular there towards the latter part of the season is really everybody's starting to run all over the Eagles. Um, and Mike, I don't, I don't know what's, what's causing that. Do you have any insight on that? Well, I mean, I think taking Kendricks out of, you know, a game and a half will do that. I mean, I thought Kendricks has really improved his run defense. Um, I think they ran right at Casey Matthews whenever Casey Matthews was in the game, they passed at him, they ran at him. Casey Matthews, frankly, is one of the worst football players. I think (laughs) I, I I've ever seen play major snaps in an NFL game, including Kurt Coleman. Uh, wow. I mean, he, yeah, no, I would take Kirk Coleman at safety over Casey Matthews as a starting inside linebacker. No joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he lets guys run by him and he doesn't even, it's not that he's not even trying, but it looks like he's not trying, um, which is like even worse. So, I mean, I, I actually, I thought Emmanuel Acho did a pretty, a pretty nice job. Uh, all things considered, I think they, they got to, a lot of points where they could have tackled them for loss and just didn't capitalize. So I wouldn't say that the run defense isn't there. I think against the less shiftier running. Yes, I know Alfred Morris is, is more of a power back, but he does have some shiftiness to him. I think a guy like, uh, you know, next week, for instance, Frank Gore, who does have shiftiness to him, but is a little bit older and is a little bit slower and has more wear and tear on his, it'll work. Um, and that defense, is, that team is based on their de- on their run. Uh, so I think that that'll help as well. These two offenses they've played have been mostly based on their pass. So I think I think that's kind of been a thing. They want to kind of even out the what they take away. Maybe I don't know. That's all I got. Okay. Well, yeah, and I guess for me the the kind of bigger part of everything here that's really improved obviously has to be the special teams. Cody Parkey once again just freaking clutch, man. I understand that the you know he missed the thirty eight yarder from last week, but you know from fifty yards out sweating bullets to kind of I thought what was going to ice the game to go up 10 there nailed it perfectly Chris Polk oh my god that was that was the best cure for a eight or nine minute drive whatever the whatever kind of Kirk friends offense was <laughs> was uh, driving the the Washington there for the first go but I mean you know Matt this is this is really 
a huge improvement in special teams minus, you know, maybe the, the Donnie Jones shank and the Brad Smith hold towards the late end of the game. But as a whole, how does that, how are the special teams for you? Uh, I'm enjoying them a lot. I think they've shown consistent improvement pretty much going back to last year. They, uh, they've been covering pretty well. They, they've, uh, been, they've been returning really well. I think Darren Sproles is a dynamite addition. We're seeing uh, continued production from the guys who signed to play special teams. Maragos has been really good. Brayman's been really good. Uh, and even Casey Matthews is showing why he's on the team. Sorry, everybody, uh, <laughs> by, by playing excellent special teams. I think that, uh, I think that the, that chip having such an emphasis on it is really starting to pay dividends. Um, and we'll see even more of that when, uh, Huff comes back because yeah. Huff is also an excellent special teamer. So I, I, I couldn't be happier. I think Dave Phipps done a great job. Uh, so Patrick, I mean, the other thing that we, again, and I was really, really, really impressed with Nick Foles pocket presence. I think the times where I was bashing on him for the last two weeks about him not stepping up and him breaking his own pocket. Um, you know, Mike was just telling me right now that moving to your left and, and securing that pocket, it was huge for him. Uh, how do how do you think he carries from this to the next game now? Do you expect like the the same kind of string of games that we're used to? Do you see any type of regression that might happen? Yeah, I think one of the things that we've seen so far from Nick Foles in his career is that he's something of a, uh, of a momentum quarterback. Uh, my personal opinion of the first couple of games was that Nick really just needed to get his confidence up and, and that was going to sort of propel him to play better. Uh, and I think this was the game that he needed for that. I mean, you, you watched him at the beginning of this game, especially uh, one of the things I had my eye on was whether he was going to break the pocket when things were collapsing around him, you know, whether he was able to step up and in the face of pressure and deliver the ball. And we saw more of that this week, which is encouraging um, going into next week. You know, you want to see the same thing. I have a feeling that he can say now, you know, okay, I've done this. Um, you know, I, I have, apparently he has faith in his receivers again, which is great. Um, so, you know, I think we'll see, I think we'll see more of what we saw this week. Uh, the trick is whether or not his offensive line is going to negate any confidence that he is building in his, uh, his own ability at this point. Yeah. And I guess Mike, what's, what should kind of be, we'll look ahead just a little bit here. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit already, but what should be the game plan if the offensive line isn't great? If the, if the running game doesn't get going for, you know, and uh, kind of almost the fourth game in a row. What would you do against San Francisco uh, as it stands right now? I would try to play the way the uh, Redskins played the Eagles. Honestly, I would kill them in the. They have terrible corners, uh, in my opinion. They've got really good safety, so I would really just make take it out of the safety's hands. Really get the corners uh, in space and allow your playmakers to make plays. I mean, I, I would probably have a really heavy game on Earths. I mean, Bowman's not back. Uh, you've you've got the D-line, who I think has a new injury every other week. Um, and on defense, I would really hammer in on the run. I don't think Kaepernick's as good of a quarterback as his contract states. I don't think he's a good quarterback by any means. Honestly, I mean, I might be in the minority there. Nope, you're not. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think pressure would work against them. Like, that's the type of team where you'd be like, yeah, he doesn't get sacks, but he gets pressure. And I think if you have a spy on him, which I actually think if Marcus Smith is the spy, it, it would work out pretty well. So you really have to contain guys. That's the key word for this because, I mean, you look at the 49ers just lost to the Cardinals who had Drew Stanton playing quarterback, and they don't have half the weapons the Eagles do or half the offense because Bruce Arians is a terrible play caller <laughs> despite popular belief. Yeah. Um, so I think if you're looking at that, I think there's a lot of room for optimism. I, I do think the West Coast trip is kind of rough, but 
you know, I, I think a lot of players will be able to get up for this one, especially being three and zero, and they won't look ahead on this one. Right, and I'm okay being three and one out of this. Like I've already, I've already just kind of chalked it up as a loss because of of what's happening here. But Mike does make some good points. I mean, you know, especially with the Drew Stanton. I know that was Mike uh, K's favorite college quarterback, mind you. Um, third favorite third, third favorite, favorite excuse, sorry. Me, excuse me my apologies um but uh, yeah matt i mean how do you feel going into next week do you feel that that's kind of a win or loss or a, what's your what's your thoughts on that well i'm not sure what san francisco is really doing right right now so i think we're catching them at the right time it seems like they're reeling they're sort of back on their on their heels a little bit um i don't really i don't really think that there's any reason why we should lose uh, especially with the offense clicking on all five cylinders. And apparently it doesn't even matter if you beat the liver living crap out of Nick Foles because we can still <laughs> still manage to compete and put up 40 points. Yeah, Patrick, what is uh, your thoughts going into next week in San Francisco? You remember how the last recap show we did, Matt said what we saw in week two was what we were going to see every week for the rest <laughs> of the season? Yeah, yep. That's how I feel about this game. I feel like that, it's That gonna, was a pretty solid it, prediction. Yeah, about that? Was. How about that? Solid. Take that to the bank. I feel like That's this right, is going to be mom. one of those. There you go. I think this is going to be one of those weeks where the Eagles have a chance to win this game, and it's just going to be very tough. It's going to be close. It's going to be physical, and it's going to be frustrating. Uh, whether or not the Eagles can pull it out, uh, you know, the two thousand. They've certainly shown that they can. <laughs> yeah, the two thousand fourteen video yearbook. <laughs> I mean, this is the heart attack edition yeah, of exactly. the Eagles. I mean, but you know what? What's what's cool about all this, and we talk about it, and we joke, and everything. But really, this is probably the most team oriented team we've had, and uh, God knows when. Yeah. Even even the two thousand four team, it seemed like a lot of really great individual players. But this seems to be like a. Like a team, you know, I'm not trying to speak blasphemy about about oh, an, uh, you know a super a Super Bowl runner up, but I mean this team genuinely, I buy into what Chip's saying, and it seems like everybody but Kerry Williams is too. So you know that's nice. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the th- I was uh, Dylan Mark who we had that wonderful uh, match game segment with him and Dave Mangles last week. We were kind of talking off air about that, and uh, I can't remember the exact conversation, but. He had just said, like, it's it's not like this team is going to the Super Bowl anyway. You know, let let some players develop. I think we were talking about the draft or something like that. But I got to tell you guys, I'm not going to say that, you know, there's oh, it's a shoe-in that they'll get into uh, the Super Bowl. But it's a shoe-in that they're getting into the playoffs for sure. And I don't see kind of a, any dramatic collapse unless there's, like, several thousand more injuries and you have to, you know, start Matt Barkley and a couple of, uh, you know, uh, garbage pail kids or whatever's hanging around the Novacare complex, but um, I they they at least have a shot, and I know that it's, it's not a complete team, and uh, you know there's still a, a bunch of holes to fix in here, but it really is the offense is so dangerous that you you do have a shot, and if man, I just wish I really wish the injuries didn't happen this year because it would make me feel a lot better going forward, but it, it, I really am enjoying this team uh, despite the headaches and the craziness and all that stuff. This is a, this is a lot of fun. Um, secondly, Brandon Lee Gowton and John Barchard are two separate entities, so you don't have to yell at him about Nick Foles' comments because they were mine. Uh, Brandis gives us free reign for our own own opinions. It doesn't mean that he's you know 
telling me to say all this stuff as some evil plan. So just wanted yeah, to say Brandon, Br- well, Br- well, Brandon only airs his like completely devious uh, opinions to a select group of people. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he, re- I, I think we can all, we can all vouch for that. Sure. Um, sure. But so, you know, only, the other only... day he told me Mac and cheese is overrated. Can you believe that? <laughs> That's I know. I can't I know, believe right? it. Yeah, he hates uh, puppies too, by the way. Oh, jeez! The humanity. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, and he's very smart not to announce them publicly because then you don't look like an idiot and you don't look like me. So I, I bring the heat to me. I can, I can definitely take it. Although I'm still kind of sticking my guns on a few things, but I won't. We won't get into that today because it has such been a, such a great victory, a Duncan Philly victory, mind you. So just a reminder: go get your coffee, go get all that stuff. Uh, Patrick, well, final thoughts, buddy. Reno. <laughs> Open and close. I like it. Uh, Matt, uh, your final thoughts. Uh, so I think that someone tomorrow is going to have a quote. When do they practice? Tuesday? Yeah. All right. So I think someone on Tuesday, another defender, is going to come out and stick up for the program. I think people really buy in. I think Kerry Williams is way off base here, and I can't wait to see all this play out. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, – didn't somebody say, like, Martin Frank or somebody had Malcolm Jenkins – uh, saying uh, refuting that Trent Cole himself Jenkins. was talking about uh, was talking about how good he felt at the end of last year. You know, right after the Bears game, he had those three sacks, and he's like, "I've never felt this good this late in the season." Yeah. I think Kerry Williams is way off base here, and and frankly, I think that uh, his ass is grass. <laughs> uh, Mike, your final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to echo what Matt has said. I, I think I think you're going to see a lot of people come out with a positive attitude. You know, the team is three and zero after all, and I think uh, you know. Yeah, Chip might have his his quirks, and I think Billy Davis definitely has his quirks. I mean, we really didn't even talk about that much, but Billy Davis, ugh, let's not even go in there. I honestly think Kerry Williams' main issue is that they're playing off for most of the game, and the only reason why Bradley Fletcher, uh, Nolan Carroll here is because they were really good press corners. That's confusing to me. So I kind of understand Kerry Williams' frustration. I know I just really shit all over him earlier. But I think for the most part, that front seven has looked pretty good. And I think I think everybody's pretty much buying it except for Kerry Williams. Hi, Kerry. <laughs> uh, uh, well, for me, and this is seriously, guys, this is real heartfelt. I, I can't tell you what a pleasure it's been to be with, you know, this group of guys here when Mike and Brandon and I just kind of started this thing on a whim. Um, it grew and James came along and it got even better. And then Dan came along and it got even better. Patrick's here now. And it's a hundred times better bringing Matt into the fold is doing really awesome things here. We couldn't do it without your support. And um, just really like, I know this sounds really sappy, but this is a dream come true for me. This is one thing that I've been always just trying to find is just a place where we can all put our voices together. Something that's not mainstream that you don't have to, you know, listen to all the radio garbage all the time. There's a different opinion here and it couldn't have been without your support. We made it to 50 and we're not even a year in, and I, I just have a lot of great, awesome thoughts about what's going to happen with the future of this podcast, the show, and everything that we can do around it. And trust me, there is a humongous thank you for coming, uh, for for, uh, for you guys for coming to support us all. Um, despite my hot takes, it was one of the most listened to shows we've ever had. I didn't think uh, for a moment that we could have 5,000 listeners all at once. And that is credit to every single one of you guys. The Eagles fan base is one of the best fan bases in the NFL, period. And I'm not just saying that to shine your shoes. It all feels like family. It all feels great. And I thank you so much for listening to episode number 50. And, you know, John, that was really beautiful. I, I almost teared up say, hearing that. But, you know, just from Brandon and I, you know, the, 
BGN staff, we rely on a lot of content and we like producing out producing pretty much everybody with content. And I think we do, but I got to tell you, this radio show has really meant a lot to not just John, but the entire staff. And it's really created exposure for, for Mark and, and, uh, you know, uh, Dave Mangles and, and, and really everybody else. And we're really all about, you know, putting the right foot forward for everybody that we bring on. There's a lot of really smart minds in Philly sports, but we feel like we have a really great and honest uh, group of people. I'm so happy that Patrick's back working for the website. I'm thrilled that we got Matt on here. Um, and we're, we're thrilled to be with James as well. But I think, you know, at least from Brendan and our perspective, I think this is one of the best features that Bleeding Green Nation has ever had. And we're, you know, I mean, we're killing it all around, but I, it's really all due to the BGN readers and the Eagles fans. And uh, John, thank you for being so freaking talented because we appreciate everything you do for this podcast. Hey, man, no, I thank you so much. That means that means a ton. And um, it's been it's been an awesome ride, guys. And there's plenty more coming along. Uh, so for me, for John Marchard, for Mike K., for Mr. Patrick Wall, Mr. Matt Daring, it's been an awesome three weeks. Hopefully it continues right along rolling on episode 51. We'll catch you later right here on BGN Radio. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. BGN Radio.